1: Alongside the main man, Mike Abadir Both of our LA basketball teams On the brink of elimination Everyone's talking about the, the conference finals Lakers, Clippers They could both be out in the first round We're going to talk some boxing Mike's uh, very into uh, the crypto scene We're going to talk a, a little bit about that also um, We have a uh, big race coming up this weekend Third Jewel of Racing's Triple Crown In the Belmont So lots happening in the world of sports yeah, no doubt,
2: man. Uh, let's start with uh, LeBron. Roll fast. I was just wondering why he didn't take it to the hole and get to the foul line more. Is that because hey, we're losing? I'm going to save my body. What do you, you think, Gino?
1: You know, a couple combinations of things. One, um, it, they there's really good like, clips of some of the film out there on on social media and stuff that people are showing. Uh, Phoenix is is like dropping everybody. And basically daring every other person on the Lakers, besides LeBron, um, in in these games without Anthony Davis. um, They're daring everybody else to score. And you know what? They're not. Kuzma, Schroeder, KCP, Wes Matthews, all struggling to hit shots. And we're talking wide open shots. And that's honestly the difference between being up 3-2. And being down three-two, uh, the Lakers had a two-one series advantage. Looked like they were going to go on and, and win this thing easily. Um, middle of game four, AD gets hurt, and even even when they were winning, none of the role players have performed really well, which is really disappointing uh, for this Lakers team. So I I, um, I do think LeBron is is not playing quite up to a LeBron standard that we've uh, we've grown to know. I, I think that is something to do with his health. I think. Physically, he just hasn't been, you know, he's been banged up. I think the quick turnaround hurt him, and guys just are not hitting their shots. It's, it's, uh, LeBron is, is part of the reason the Lakers have, have struggled in the last couple games. But honestly, it sort of felt like, uh, like team losses, you know, like no, one of those things where, like in baseball, when everything that goes wrong can go wrong. Um, uh, when the Lakers got blown out last game, it, it was like they would play a really good possession on defense. And then the ball would hit off the back of the rim and bounce like right over the head of one of the Lakers like into, you know, they would do everything right. And the ball was just not bouncing their way. Some games you just get your butt kicked like that. And it's kind of I'm kind of uh, excited for tonight. You know, obviously, as as a fan, I don't want him to get eliminated. But we'll see if LeBron uh, at this point can kind of call on one of those games. We'll see if Anthony Davis is able to play I hope he does I think he'll play because with the elimination on the brink I think even if he's a little banged up uh he he will but you know it's f- credit to Phoenix they have outplayed the Lakers they've outcoached them and um they deserve to be up three to two right now you, you get punched you gotta you gotta punch back the Lakers curled up into a ball and um and, and the Clippers have kind of done the same thing it's it's really crazy how both of those series flipped like it looked like the Lakers we're really taking a, a hold of of the Phoenix series, and then it flipped all the way back to where now, like the Lakers are in some serious trouble if if Anthony Davis does not play, or if he is not pretty close to healthy, and the Clippers cannot stop Luca, they just can't. It's it's uh, our poor La, uh, LA teams are uh, are I, I don't know, Mike, just uh, struggling a little bit right now. They're both in 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 some serious trouble. You know,
2: I, I like it when a player has belief in himself. I think that's very important. That's why these guys are confident superstars or confident role players, contributors, etc. But you got to wonder about, uh, you'd mention, mentioned uh, Schroeder. Yeah, uh, man. You know, I mean, to go 0 for in a game where next man up, you really got to be the guy that makes everybody forget of the missing key guy in the lineup. And he did nothing of that sort whatsoever and keep in mind, he'd kind of passed on some pretty big deals, betting big on money. himself to be a hundred million dollar plus guy. I'm not so sure that um, he's going to be able to get what he wants and cash in on that. After that performance, let's see tonight. He's got to bounce back in the most resilient
1: of ways. 100%. And what's, what's kind of, it's a bummer to me um, as, as a as someone who watches every Laker game, because at their the most important point of the season For the Lakers When both LeBron, Anthony Davis And then LeBron got hurt And and th- er, during that period There was also Like Schroeder missed a few games here and there But uh, Gasol was hurt Kuzma missed a couple Everybody was sort of banged up And they had to go on this long road trip When on paper it, it looked like they could lose 10 games in a row They were getting the crap kicked out of them And it was bad They were not competitive at all And then Schroeder like took over and they went like six and four over a stretch of games that basically saved their season and, and kept them in playoff contention. And and I remember thinking like, this is the guy like, this is a guy that can be like one of your better players on a championship team. He's going to be a great compliment with AD moving forward in a year or two when LeBron isn't quite LeBron. You know, I was like so happy for what he did to help this team. And he, I mean, he's just – he's been a ghost. Um, well, you absolutely- know, I
2: think, I think a part of that, though, was because it was more a case of they were really hot defensively, and sometimes mm-hmm. your offense breaks out because of your defense, if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. right? It's born of your defense, and sometimes it's the other way around, right? But I think it was more of the uh, defensive play as a team that got them through that difficult period, but like I said, tonight will be very telling, and it's very rare when you, in professional sports where one game can mean so so much. Uh, but tonight is going to be that for several guys, legacies um, for several. How about the guys. Lakers
1: and the Clippers, right?
2: Yep, well, uh, for mean, the futures and and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, you get one of those like every couple of years. The one that rings the bell to me was you know, the Texans against the Chiefs when they blew that big lead, that pretty much changed the trajectory of the Texans' future and changed several careers or career paths, so to speak. So um, I I don't know if tonight will be that drastic. Probably depends on the outcome, right? Do they lose by 30? Probably not. But how competitive are they? Do they eke out a win, bring it back, uh, you know, go to Phoenix for one final game and then pull out a a really, really nice win, or do they go down 4-2 to as the favorites? And and same thing for the other co-favorites, right? Yeah, we wanted L.A., L.A. I don't know if you heard uh, Ramona Shelburne. She was on with uh, one of the local shows, Mason and Ireland, here in Los Angeles. And she was just talking about how this series has shifted. She wrote a piece like a week ago, and she was kind of like, basically, we were hoping for L.A., L.A., here in L.A., but it looks like LA Lakers are going to basically crush this thing and that the Clippers were going to be bounced out and then she was like there was a certain point where I kind of flip-flopped and I was yeah. like I think the Clippers are going to win and the Lakers are going to lose um right now it's crunch time for both man so and I think that's the beauty of 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 professional live sports
1: right yeah i think if you're if you're the Lakers you make, maybe you can uh, and, and we'll get to, it, I guess, in just a second. I think maybe you can give yourself a little more of like a a uh, an an excuse or or you can feel okay just next year when you start because you can say, yep, we won it all last year. We had the short turnaround. Um, our guys were pretty banged up late in the year. And so may, you know, you can you Phoenix was a good team, they were the second seed team, like all through the year, they were one of the top teams. they they were very good. So you could you can make, Reasons and and say yeah you know maybe we do, we don't bring shooter back we bring in a couple other pieces around LeBron AD we got these guys locked up for a few years so we're still in okay shape moving forward um, the Clippers could lose Kawhi could could be in a situation where he's gone if they if they're done. Um I don't think he will. I think he likes li- living out here in California. I think he did all this to get out here and he probably will. But if you're in a situation where you mortgaged like your future, you gave up all these draft picks to end up getting Paul George here um and to pair him with Kawhi and then all of a sudden if he leaves or or if they lose in the first round again, like how can they Tell themselves, we're just going to run it back with the exact same and not think about making some drastic changes. So it's something that we can you know, talk a little bit more about, I think, uh, after uh, after we speak with our guest.
2: Yeah. And by the way, what you're just saying in light too of having DeAndre Jordan and Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and all these guys over the years. You know, uh, it gets to a point where the, it's so deflating for that fan base. You know, I was kind of there yeah. in the think of it for a period oh, yeah. of time. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just yeah, I don't see what, what will happen here if they don't um, win and uh, keep Kawhi. We'll get to more of that in a bit. Do you know, you know, what's really interesting to me as we shift gears here is we've had a lot of phenomenal guests on this show, people with name recognition. People with massive accomplishments, Olympians or like a Jason Whitlock or ESPN people or Fox Sports people, you know NFL guys and coaches and so on and so forth. But I don't think we've ever gotten more tweets and retweets than our next guest, who's got a, a big part of it, because crypto is just so popular, Gino. Crypto is like something that people had heard of Bitcoin And now they've taken it from we've heard of it to actually investing in it, especially with the much younger generation. And we know it's gaining popularity because MLB is releasing baseball cards in a digital version, which is, you know, NFTs. And a lot of the other sports are following suit. I know the NBA has partnered up with an NFT company that takes like clips of LeBron and guys like that, makes it digital. You could sell them like a digital baseball card or basketball card. So it's very fascinating what's happening here. And our next guest, Gino, was an influencer. And he talked about crypto and how to make money in crypto. And he has a YouTube channel and people would come on and watch and he gained a big following, did a really good job, made good amount of coin, uh, no pun intended. And then he transitioned into the CEO of a brand new, what is endearingly called a shit coin, uh, which is basically kind of like a a rookie coin, if you will. And uh, that is 100XCoin who has been very involved in sports, sports endorsements, boxing, NFL players, MMA, you name it. Their CEO is Ken DeCrypto. Ken, I know that was a long intro but I wanted to set the backdrop for
3: exactly who you are to our listeners. What's going on, Ken? Hey, Ken. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank you for that long drawn intro. I, uh, that's probably the longest intro I've that's ever happened to me.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I figured it was such, man. But you know, I, I think this is a time period where things have kind of transitioned, right? From I've heard of Bitcoin to I invest in Bitcoin. I've heard of crypto. I put my money into crypto into people who are taking their 401k's and maybe shifting the allocation a little bit from 100% stocks and bonds and mutual funds to maybe 50% of it on crypto. Why is there a massive surge all of a sudden in your estimation?
3: Yeah, man, um so a, a big part of that is is really FOMO, okay? Um I've been in crypto for about I'd, I'd say 5 years now and the first time I heard about it was because people were just talking about it, and that's really what got me in there. You know, it's like, oh, if they're doing it, I'm gonna do it as well. I'm gonna, see, I'm gonna find out about this, which is funny because a lot of people they they usually start out with stocks, they usually start out with bonds, um, those things that are regarded as safe investments. But for me, for my very first investment, it was in uh, it was in Ethereum, right back when Ethereum was ten dollars. And uh, you know, like I said, I believe that it's a lot of it is FOMO right now, and. You know, there's there's bad and good of that. There's, it's 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 good in a way that it brings a lot more traction to crypto. is It's bad in a way that you have a lot of new people investing into something that they don't know about, which is kind of what the problem is right now, right? So, you know, it, it has its pros and cons. But yeah, as far as everything goes, it's it's a lot of it's FOMO.
2: And for those who are not initiated into this FOMO's fear of missing out, it's an acronym. And uh, I think yep. you're exactly right about some of that, Ken. Can, I- can- uh, you you kind of nailed it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so some like my partner here, Gino, co-host of this show, he knows crypto. He hasn't got into the craze yet. The guy's busy. He's got a lot going on. He's also got another show that he does, et cetera. But maybe somebody like Gino or a big sports fan might start seeing more and more influence in the sports world. Uh, just a bit ago, we saw uh, Russell Okung offensive lineman in the NFL, asking for his pay, his NFL pay, to be in Bitcoin. After this last draft, quarterback extraordinaire Trevor Lawrence asked for a uh, part of a bonus on a sponsorship to be in crypto. And now with 100 coin, a new coin, very aggressive approach in targeting athletes for crypto. Kind of walk us through why athletes are important and where do you see all of this going, both for the industry and for 100XCoin?
3: Right, absolutely. So right now, I, I think the biggest issue with crypto right now is the fact that there's so many scams going on. Um, you know, it's, you see people creating crypto projects without having, having any credibility. And, you know, tomorrow those projects are gone. It's like people invest in them and the next day their money has gone. Um, I've been in, in the space long enough to know that in order for this space to fully mass adopt, there has to be some credibility behind. And that's kind of one of the biggest reasons why I created WonderX Coin. And um, I, we, we basically want to bridge the gap in a safe, effective manner to educate people, to empower people on which projects to invest in. And what better way is it to do it with athletes, with celebrities, with influencers, which we're partnered, we're, we're partnered with now. Um, and, and it's crazy to think about. It's like, why would an athlete partner with a crypto project? Right. Well, it's the same thing as I said before. It's FOMO. It's hype. Everyone wants to get in on something that is the next big thing. Is, I mean, is, this is the future. Right. The technology that goes behind this, it, it's, it saves time. It saves energy. It saves a lot of money. And it, it you know, once people really understand what cryptocurrency is, what blockchain is, um, I think that's, that's really, really when it becomes a part of our daily lives.
2: You know, uh, Gino, it's kind of interesting because, you know, Ken mentioned fraud and things of that nature. When you look at it historically, though, anytime a new technology has come out, the bad guys figure out how to attack it. Right. And uh, the first technology is probably like a check with a code at the bottom of it. And there was all rampant check fraud and then moved on to credit cards, rampant credit card fraud. Then they put a chip in. And then the bad guys figure out how to defeat the chip and then and so on and so forth. Uh, and of course, we had like the Nigerian scammers uh, email type thing. Classic. And yeah, that's a classic. Yep. There's mm-hmm. been all sorts of them throughout. Uh, the one thing that I will say, because I've been duped uh, in this new crypto you know, type of theft, is it's pretty open ended, Ken. Now, you created a yep. new app. How safe is it for me to transfer my coins to the app? Can I transfer my whole portfolio or just 100X coin? Uh, kind of tell us a little bit about the app and the functionality and what we can and can't do just yet.
3: Right, right. So we created an app and it took us less than a month to create this app. Um, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars later. Now we, now we got this app. Uh, because right now, I believe that since that's our main purpose is to bridge the gap, for, from uh, you know, beginners to now investors. So what the app does is it allows people to invest in projects that are sort of hard to get into. Because crypto is, is sort of really technical for you know, you know, the average person who's never invested in crypto. You have to go from wallet to wallet, from exchange to exchange, transfer to transfer. And you have the possibility of even losing it along the way because you might enter in a wrong, you know, a wrong coin, right? Because of the scams that happen. But with our app, it's actually, it allows, so right now we're only featuring 100X coin and in the future, like, and I'm saying like near future, I'm saying like one or two weeks from now, we're going to feature other projects that are super hard to get into. into. And it's sort of like, think about getting in Doge very, very early on, right? It was very hard because it was, it was a lot of technical stuff that you had to go through, a lot of exchange and a lot of transfers you have to go through. And essentially what our app does is it enables you to invest in these new projects, these smaller projects that are just super hard for the average person. But yeah, so right now you can invest, you can transfer, you could store. And right now we're listed on uh, the Android, the Apple, uh, sorry, the Google store. And then we're about to release our Apple version, our iPhone version in the next couple of days. And uh, we, ha- we work with the smartest people. And like, I, you know, it, it's a blessing to find these people. Um, they made it happen in less than a month. And this app is, is amazing, like in, in less than, in, in about 24 hours, we've, we've gotten around 3,000 users and over a couple thousand downloads already. And uh, it's just growing and growing and growing.
2: And that's through, uh, you know, a nice size dip in the market. So this is uh, really an extraordinary feat. And, uh, you know, uh, once we get out of this kind of crypto slump, this really short li- will-be short-lived crypto slump, I really think that 100X coin is going to be in really, really good shape. Ken, before we let you go... Uh, our next guest actually is the the KO kid Keith Barry. He's going to be talking about this weekend's fight between uh, Mayweather and uh, Paul. Why why boxing, Ken? And what can we expect to see in terms of sponsorships? Are you going to go after some big big fish moving forward throughout the oh, summer?
3: Absolutely, that's the goal. I mean, we started with off with small influencers, small smaller athletes and now, you know, we've worked with some of the biggest athletes like Frank Sanchez, like we, we were able to uh, sponsor the Canelo versus Saunders fight, which was amazing. Like you, you saw, uh, people could see the 100X coin yeah. uh, logo everywhere and it actually crashed our website that, that day. And <laughs> right now, like I said, we're, we're going after sort of uncommon uh, markets for, for, this, for this type of industry. Like we wanna, we wanna go after horse racing, maybe even um, golf. Right. Because we want to we want to mass adopt. That's the whole purpose. We want to mass adopt crypto and make sure it's a safe place to invest in as well.
2: Good stuff, Ken. Man, uh, very educational, very informative. I hope our listeners enjoyed uh, listening to that, maybe getting a little bit of education about that. Any any final words that you want to share with us before uh, or maybe announcements or anything before we uh, go to the commercial break here?
3: Yeah, absolutely. We're about to get listed on the, one of the biggest exchanges in, um, in crypto. So I'm super excited about that. It, it, it happens literally in less than eight hours from now. There was so much legal compliance that, and verification that we had to go through, but we made it happen. Um, our, app about, about our Apple version is about to release in a few days from now. We're partnered with one of the biggest crypto payment processors so that we could you know, facil- facilitate payments instantly. And you could invest in crypto projects instantly with a few presses of a button and honestly, man, I, I'm just super excited. I'm not here to sell. You know, I, I would say, inv- please just do your own research, right? Just do your own re- research. Just look up, you know, how the team is doing, look at how the project is behaving. And from there, you know, you make your own decisions. Because, I mean, it is crypto. It is still risky. It is still an investment. You can still lose your money. You can still gain money. You know, it has its pros and cons. But that's, that's about it, guys. Thank you for, for having me here. Honest Ken
2: on Twitter, at Ken the Crypto at 100XCoin underscore. Check them out. It's a big winner. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be back with more crypto talk, but with an emphasis on boxing. Big thank you to Ken The Crypto. We'll be right back.
1: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, you shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN.
4: Wanna play the ponies and win? here on the Voice America Variety Channel
0: This is the Mike Abadir Show If you want to call in today we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788 That's 1-866-472-5788 Or send an email to mike at show.com
1: Now back to this week's program Great information from our first guest there, Ken, and uh, a lot of lot of stuff that I'm sure people out there can uh, can start to look up a little bit more themselves. As, as Ken said, always a good thing to do is uh, make sure to, to go yourself, try to look up as much as you can, and uh, I think uh, our next guest, Michael, is someone who is sort of involved in this field, and as you mentioned, we'll, uh, we'll talk about it from a little bit of a, a boxing uh, sense.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, we're talking about Keith K-O, K.O., the knockout kid, Barry Keith. How's it going, man? How are you?
5: Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thank you for having me on. I uh, just finished my work day. I am smoking a joint, so I'm doing amazing.
1: <laughs> nice, nice. I know that. <laughs> Good <line>. stuff, man. <laughs> So
2: I take it uh, there's no uh, drug testing and MMA fighting?
5: No, actually, so here's a quick little random story. I, I've been smoking for the last like six years and uh, probably about four years ago, I tested positive and they suspended me for about nine months, I think it was. but I didn't end up fighting for about a year. So when I came back, the rules had changed and I, I, they still tested me before the fight, but you're actually allowed to smoke. You just can't have a certain allowed, or a certain amount of metabolites in your system. So I think it's like 150. So basically to have that amount of metabolites in your system, you would have to smoke like the day before the fight. So I just don't smoke a week before, and now I could smoke the whole time. So it, it's okay with the UFC. It's okay with Bellator. So it's um, okay with me.
2: That's hilarious, man. I don't even know what a what, – what's it called? Meta- metabolites? I don't even know Yeah, it's like, whatever a, what, that word is. But are they going to give you a year back of your life then, of outside the uh, the fight scene? I mean, that kind of um, yeah. that's kind of sucks. But it looks like the whole world is kind of evolving in terms of the mentality. You know about yeah. um, you know smoking weed
1: and that type of stuff. Can well, and it's big been sure, especially in the sense of a fighter too. From so many people that I know, and just um, as far as like helping your body recovering, relaxing after you know training or after uh, you know big fights, injuries, things like yeah, that. So, much, so much, It's so much safer than yep. than the pills and, yep. and some of the really hard things that become super, super addictive. Yeah, no, 100%. No, no.
2: So, uh, the Knockout Kid is also our, our new first-time fight correspondent. So let's get to it, Gino. Big, big fight this weekend. Big really because of the uncertainty of the intrigue Of the uh, different styles, different—I mean, I don't know when's the last time we've had something like this that wasn't like a publicity stunt. Uh, We got obviously we're talking about Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, probably the best defensive fighter in uh, boxing history, against Logan Paul. Who maybe you could kind of fill us in a little bit on who Logan Paul is and where he emerged from. Where'd this guy come from?
5: Okay, so Logan Paul, this is just what I know. You know, I'm not, I'm not that well read on Logan, but I, knew, I know the basics. He came from YouTube, you know, and, but he's, he's a competitive guy. He wrestled, actually, in high school. And I believe he wrestled a little bit in college, and he did pretty good. So he's an athletic guy, so he has the confidence in athletics, I think, from his wrestling background. But um, since he was young, I think he's been doing YouTube since I want to say he was, like, 10, and uh, he just kind of like came up making videos and doing all this and that, but I would say he's the better one. Logan is out of the two brothers. There's Jake Paul, or yeah, Jake Paul, and then Logan Paul. I'd say Logan is kind of like the more respectful one, but um, I don't know. I feel like they're both trolls, and they kind of won in the sense that um, we're all. Paying attention, and they've got a lot of big UFCs guys. Like they got Tyrone Woodley that wants to fight um, freaking Jake Paul coming up. So I'm like, holy shit! Like he used to be the ex UFC champion at 170. So I mean, they're actually making some real waves in the community. G- Gino, but, I mean, just
2: think about it. G- uh, uh, he got the attention of Mayweather. You know, you know. I mean, that to me is
1: mind-boggling, Gino. Well, uh, Logan was on. uh, Logan was at WrestleMania. He, he, he is a. They are great. um, Like promoters and hype. Guys, what do you mean he was yeah. in WrestleMania like he actually yeah. he, he, he wrestled, was in he was, was... in the cor- he was in the corner of like okay. a bad guy and then he you know he he was like helping the bad guy and then when the bad guy lost he went to the other corner and was like, "Oh, look, I'm helping the good guy." And then they they beat him up. He took a good a good punch in the ring and like he sold it really well. The crowd booed him. Everybody booed the hell out of him. Like he knew his role <laughs> was to come there and to be the guy that was just going to get booed out of the building and everyone was going to hate, but they embrace it. Like, you know, they 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 know what they are. They love to get under your skin. At the other day, he was pulling his uh hat. You know, he's grabbing his hat off his head and dancing around with it. Just like stupid stuff, but it, it gets a rise out of people and people click. They watch them on YouTube. These are like a couple of the biggest YouTube stars ever.
2: Expand on that, by the way. Yeah, they uh, <laughs> Keith, about the hat situation. What what was what was up with that?
5: Well, they they play this heel, you know, you know, and a heel is in wrestling, and they, they kind of embrace it, and they both do. Jake does more than Logan, but, um, yeah, so they're at this press conference, and Floyd's up there, he's talking, and he's talking to the crowd, and then at first, Jake, he goes up, and Logan's on the other side of the stage, he's talking, and then Floyd's talking, and then Logan's brother, Jake Paul, goes up and starts untying his shoelace, and he's just like, And then Floyd just kind of ignores him and just walks off. And then next, so Floyd has a ton of bodyguards. He has like 15 to 20 bodyguards with him at all times. He he has a lot of money. I mean, he's a billionaire. Um, So he doesn't mess around. And right when Floyd wasn't paying attention for a second, Jake grabbed his hat and then just ran away like a little kid. But then (laughs) literally within a minute... His whole swarm of bodyguards jumped on Jake to get the hat back, and then <laughs> there was all these people to try to keep Floyd away. Like, it was a, it was a, literally a circus. But um, you could tell, like, Floyd, he was mad. Uh, but, I mean, it doesn't so, matter. So it wasn't it really like a, it a WWE stunt? No, I'm sorry it to was interrupt. just, like, weird. It was like, why would you why would you grab somebody's hat and run? You know, it
1: was was so right. It was literally like the the stupidest thing, but you sort of laughed at it for a minute, but you're just like, this is, this is that like who, who they are. (laughs) You know, this is not like he, the Pauls are total WWE type characters. Like they, they fit in that world. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out how he got
2: Floyd Mayweather's attention. I mean, that's still kind of a mystery to me. So on that note, well, let's no. get technical for a yeah, second Mike, and talk about hi. their styles. Yeah, go ahead. If I had to
5: say how he got Floyd's attention, because you're you're kind of bringing that up. Yeah, I mean, please. Floyd's all about the money. It's Floyd, Floyd Money Mayweather. So these YouTubers, they have so many subscribers and all these viewers. So it translates to a lot of money. So he thinks like, shit, I'm going to take this fight against this guy that doesn't know how to fight. Everyone's going to say this, one-punch knockout is possible, and I'm going to make a lot of money. And he he literally calls it, it's a legal bank robbery. He's going to go in there, have fun, beat this guy, and then they're going to pay him. And if he says he's retired from boxing, but he, he hasn't retired as an entertainer. So that's why he's doing the fight. That's why he says it. And it kind of makes sense to me. I mean, he, he probably has
2: bills to pay. You, have you seen his house and all his cars? <laughs> You've <laughs> yeah. you made some really, really good points. Gino, he probably wants some uh, Belmont Stakes money. But uh, you make some really good points there. Let's get technical for a really quick second here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about each boxer's fight styles from your perspective as an MMA fighter?
5: Um. So just want I've kind of watched on both of them. So, okay. We'll, we'll start Logan first. So Logan he's a big guy, he's bigger than Floyd, right? He's like 6'2", he probably walks around at like 2'15". I think they he agreed to fight at 190, so he's going to be cutting a little weight. Uh, Floyd's going to walk up, he's going to weigh whatever he weighs, and um, I think Logan, he's never been in a fight like this, a real, against a real fighter that's supposedly one of the best, in the, not supposedly, but he is one of the best in the world, so I think that the nerves are going to get to him a little bit. He's going to have an adrenaline dump. It has 12-ounce gloves. You think you're going to knock out Floyd with 12-ounce gloves? Some of the best guys in the world couldn't do it with 8-ounce or 10-ounce gloves. You're going to knock him out with 12? And Logan, like, and he's, a, he's not like, I don't know, the guy's never been knocked out. And how you, as an amateur boxer, you ever think you have a chance, there's just, there's really no chance. I don't think there's a puncher's chance in this one at all um, because of who it is. It's Floyd. But, um, yeah, if, if Logan actually lasts, I think that would be really interesting. But, anyways, back to the styles. Logan's a bigger guy. He's probably going to tire a little bit. He's going to throw a good round or two, and then I think he's going to get tired, and then Floyd's just going to pick him apart. Um, it's going to be interesting because um, Floyd has a really good, good presence in the ring and he knows really good with distance and i've seen some logan paul's fights he doesn't know shit about distance he's an amateur he's a novice you he like um i've seen kids that have way better distance control than he does and you could see that hey. in his ksi fight um where he took the draw but um
2: he's just hey for those who don't know yeah. what is, what, is yeah. what do you mean by distance what's it what's so, what is having good distance uh, recognition
5: Okay, so Floyd is like perfect with distance control. So he knows when to punch and when not to punch. Logan Paul doesn't have any distance control. So when you see him in his last two fights, the only fights he's ever been in, he's always clinching up with the guy and hitting up with the guy. And he's never actually connecting with good punches because they're all smothered because he doesn't know his, yeah, he doesn't know his distance. He doesn't know how to throw. He doesn't know how to plant and throw at a you know a good distance. So He's a strong big guy, yeah, sure, but if you're not going to throw your punch right and you think you're going to knock out Floyd just because you're bigger than him, um, and I've heard from a lot of guys that are in the know that they won't even spar guys that are my size. They won't spar anyone that's over 155. That's what I've heard from Logan and from Jake Paul. They won't spar big guys at all. They have two or three big guys that they spar with, but... They're not even pros. They're not amateurs. They just know how to box a little bit. They move around with them. But no other guys that are bigger, that are amateur or pro, supposedly they won't let anyone spar them in L.A. And it's just, I don't know. It's, these guys, they're, they're being catered to, and they're, they're being watched after, and they have money. And um, we're going to watch it, and it's going to be funny.
2: Gino, what's the betting line? Do
1: you have any idea? Uh, let me let me pull it up. I yeah, think I think, mean, uh, it's, I think well, did you? I think oh, it was a, like a negative twelve hundred, right? Yeah, I was, I was gonna say it was over a thousand. I think when I saw it the other day. So probably I mean, that sounds some, like
2: easy money, right? I mean, it's not the best investment, but
1: I mean, that sounds like uh, close to guaranteed money, right? Yeah, I think the only thing people would think when betting something like this is like how official. stink we've seen things in some of the exhibitions or sort of you know that are not like you. You wonder sometimes with just if if it's for a show, do you do something where? Uh, oh, you know, maybe, you know, Floyd's kind of messing around with him, maybe embarrasses him a little bit, but doesn't, you know, I I just would be weary of betting a ton of money on, on something like this.
2: Yeah. I don't know if you'd want to have a blemish on this record, but, uh, but you make some good points. You never, ever know, especially if, uh, Hey, a lot of these guys go through money, like it's water. So, uh, you know, we, we remember obviously the tales of Mike Tyson, Uh, needing the next fight absolutely needing it financially even though he'd made hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars so uh and hey we know that uh mayweather will flaunt it when he's got it so uh one final thing before we let you actually two final things give us a prediction on the fight what's going to happen in what round let's start with that one
5: um i think if you're a betting man it'd be a fun um bet on the over under i mean bet if it's going to go the full 8 rounds yeah. or if it's going to be under 8 rounds um so i would just say it's going to be under 8 rounds i think there's going to be a, a stoppage and I, I think it's 100% mayweather but
2: um yeah and what, what That's was the next part bet. of the question oh i hadn't gotten to oh just uh, who who is going to win and when what round so i gather mayweather oh, okay
5: so i think um yeah mayweather like um say
2: it's like a tko at the fourth or fifth round. Awesome, man. And then, uh, parting words here. Uh, what are what are the three or four hot cryptocurrencies that you've kind of been into lately?
5: Cryptos, man. I've been so dorking out and geeking out on cryptos. Well, I, I listened to your interview a little bit with Ken. You know, I have obviously I have hundred X coin. I'm holding that long term holder on that. So. I like to hear about all the news with 100x coin and the new app that they're coming out with, and all the new innovations that Ken's coming with. So, I think that's really cool. Um, so I have that, and then what's another one? I'm involved with a, a token called Matador. They have a cool little group of guys that they have some really cool white papers that I kind of looked into that I like a lot. And then um, yeah, I've been I bought down on some Doge a couple of days ago when they, there was a big dip, and then. I bought it at like twenty eight cents. I bought some more and then it it's already back up, so and I bought some what's another one? I've been buying some BitTorrent. I think it's uh it has a lot of growth potential for the future. So I've kinda of been buying some of that. But honestly I I spent a lot of my paychecks for the last couple of months on crypto and then on that big dip hit and we're coming back from the dip and everything's gonna be good, but I'm like I'm just gonna kinda watch and kinda you know Research things a little more. I'm going to put cash in my account so I'm ready to buy, but I'm not just going to like. Sometimes I get to get too FOMO with crypto, and I'm like, oh, I want to buy this today, and then and then just throw money in, and then it's like, um, then I'm like, shit, I need to like pay for groceries. I don't have a lot of money; it's all in crypto.
2: <laughs> so uh,
5: <laughs> it's yeah, kind of like the
2: next race. You I know. Like, should I sit it out or not? You know? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. We got to get yeah. to a commercial here, but. Huge, huge thank you for that analysis, giving us some insight, educating our listeners and and myself as well, man. So uh, glad to have you on and would love to have you on again, uh, breaking down the next uh, big fight that comes along.
5: Oh, yeah, for sure, Mike. I appreciate you having me on and it was great to meet you
1: all as well, Gino. Oh, you too, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, v- really appreciate the analysis there. Now I'm looking a little more forward to, uh, t- to seeing uh, Floyd kind of mess around with him this weekend. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Good stuff. All right. That is yeah. the KO yeah. knockout kid, Keith Berry. A big thank you to him for joining us. Let's take our final commercial break, and we'll talk a little baseball on the other side.
5: channel
0: streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voice This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's one 472 5788 Or send an email to mike at show.com
1: Now, back to this week's program. Another great guest there. Uh, big thank you to both of our guests today. Uh, we had uh, Keith and Ken. Great stuff. Um... Yeah, big. Th- these are polarizing fights. They are oh, with the with the Pauls. They they are such great uh, showmen. You and and most people just hate hate them. Like you said, they're trolls. They know exactly what they're doing. They just try to get under everybody's skin. But people watch. They pay attention to what they say, and they have a huge following. And w- when they're on, when they're somewhere a bunch of people tune in or a bunch of people uh, end up watching and this will be uh, this will be interesting to see sort of how I'm curious like if Floyd is really mad is he kind of just gonna having fun with the show and understanding this is for that or is he want to like teach this guy a lesson I think that's been the issue with some of the Paul fights people have felt like that some of the fighters have maybe gone along for the ride and not really given their all I wonder what version of Floyd we see.
2: Yeah. You know, what's interesting to me, Gino, is like historically in the United States, when you look back at pre, let's say 1950, 1940, horse racing, boxing and baseball were the three main sports. Those were the three sports that people followed on a regular basis with NHL and NBA and NFL and so many other options. They still rank, you know, in the top 10, let's just say, but they've kind of moved down the list a little bit. So. Anytime you have maybe like a horse, like a Zenyatta or American Pharaoh or something that brings in kind of outsiders, it's a good thing. And I think, uh, you know, the Paul brothers are, are that type of uh, horse, if you will. They're going to bring or like Tetis, right, uh, with the Padres, right? These are guys that bring viewers, bring eyeballs to maybe a sport or a matchup that maybe people wouldn't, not as many people or a new audience would tune in to watch. Especially if you're saying that these guys uh, have, they created laid on. like a hatred within. They have uh, it's the WWE. It is,
1: it is, so man. It's, people want to watch what they hate just as they much want, as what well, they, people want to see them get punched, and, and that's why they they are doing the boxing thing because that that's the point. Is that you, you literally you watch them do some of their stunts and stuff that they've done where they're they're doing this like the, the hat thing to other people. You know, they'll have someone on or they'll they'll be just a like a real. Just a jackass to somebody, you know, just as and like act so immature and so like a bully kind of and just you really roll your eyes. But they know what they're doing because every, people just go, I hate that. Guy. I want to see him get punched. And now they they know that they can draw a bunch of money because they there's the tease of seeing these guys get their butt kicked. Wow, that's that's something else, man. They set uh, it up dude. well. They knew exactly what they were doing. Right. They went out and played this gimmick. They, they played a gimmick. To the point where it's like, man, that's like those are the best characters—the ones that you know. It doesn't even matter who that. If Floyd is going to draw, obviously a ton, but you could put one of the polls out there with random fighter X. People are going to watch because they want to see them get their butt kicked. Yeah, but man, to be able to get the attention
2: of, of the Floyd, best boxer this is a uh, level. on the planet, right? Way different level. Uh, the best boxer maybe in history of the sport to get his attention. I know I mentioned that like three times. Here's the fourth time. It's hard for me to comprehend. Uh, Obviously, like Keith said, it's about the dollars, and and I get that. But I mean, let's just say somebody was going to pony up, you know, eighty million for me to fight Mayweather. I don't think he would take it. So these guys are much more than just guys that are willing participants or guys that are going to bring in a lot of dough. These guys are true villains. And hearing Keith and Ke- hearing you, Gino, talk about it from the wrestling perspective, man, it sounds like they did more than an outstanding job creating that kind of perception. Those characters that uh, you know, the on-off field, on field persona is almost like one. And
1: their years were like between ten and like ten between ten and twenty million, like twenty one million a year in their good years. Um, money they made just from YouTube, (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah. So, so just to give you an idea, like that, that is, that is why, because they draw huge advertisers, huge, huge companies and businesses want to do, want to work with them because so many people click and pay attention. So if you're someone like Floyd and you know that like, Hey, this is a good vehicle for you. You know, you you jump in on, on on one of them, and and it's I'm sure just like anything, he's got a, a bunch of people around him. He probably just looks into who are these Paul guys. And they go, oh yeah, you know what these these people are actually pretty legit on the in the YouTube scene, and, and I'm sure it probably went down something just just like that, you know? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing though: where do you go from
2: here? How do you top fighting Mayweather? You know, to me, this looks like a play where. If they really want staying power, I would transition straight to the WWE.
1: Man. No, and you're right. Like this, this might be capitalizing right now yep. and and getting the most out of this that you can. Because who knows if you fight middle tier or lower tier fighters, how much, how many more fights before people really don't care as much anymore? You know, maybe two, three, four more that guys you could beat or people with some little bit of a name. But you go out there and you get Floyd everyone's going to watch whether or not you get your butt kicked then you can still afterwards come back and maybe have another fight or two and say yeah i fought floyd you know i got my butt kicked by the best guy ever for some reason you're competitive against him or you have a decent showing then you really have something to build off of and if not like like you said you can right off the bat go into something like wwe or you know we see all sorts of these like they're like Cross MMA um, sort of like just big promotional event things. There's a future for these guys, and so now you you make your money, you take a swing, and then uh, I I I love these are I love to hate them exactly what you're supposed to you know I I love to hate them.
2: That's that's well said. So uh, a team that a lot of people uh, hate, uh, especially uh, with the East Coast bias, are the Los Angeles Dodgers. Very interesting division. The Padres have now lost four in a row. Uh, the Giants somehow are still sitting atop the standings. The Giants got their revenge on the Dodgers. Let's talk about the NL West for a moment. Uh, at this point, I have to say that the Giants are for real because of their pitching, yeah?
1: they're Yeah, I mean, they're way, way better than anybody had projected. And I, I think they're going to finish better. I still like i still think there's going to be like a 10 game losing streak coming up for them at some point where they just have a bad run or two through their rotation when they're not as good and then the bats just go a little silent because they're just not supposed to be this good they're a little older one or two injuries um i just i look at the padres and the dodgers and they just both seem so much better than the giants who have performed incredible up to this point I feel really confident about the Dodgers right now and the way they're playing. They just got back Bellinger, just got back McKinstry. Um, Gonsolin's about to join. Um, they just activated Pollock. Uh, they also have Gratterall, who's coming back in just a bit. It's like, those are people that you just kind of forgot about. It's like, oh, Bellinger, McKinstry, Pollock, we'll take them. Oh, Gratterall, who was like an incredible reliever. Yeah, we'll take him. So uh, they just kind of quietly keep adding. And Mookie's starting to swing the bat well. The, uh, they scored 11 runs in the first inning on Thursday or uh, Wednesday against the Cardinals Bellinger hit a grand slam so yeah I'm I'm pretty confident in um in both the Dodgers and the Padres ending up as you know probably the two best teams in the national League and two of the better teams in baseball and you know your Red Sox have played okay the Yankees have struggled and so we probably would have felt oh you know the Yankees struggling a little bit. Red Sox still playing okay, but it's been the the damn Rays who the last two or three weeks. I think I think they've won what sixteen out of seventeen games? Something yeah, along the those Rays, lines the Rays are
2: absolutely phenomenal. Um, they are the A's of the East Coast. or maybe we should say the A's are the Rays of the West Coast, right because the Rays have kind of earned earned that title. I mean, they started it, Billy Beanball, and uh, the Rays have taken it to another level with uh, their scouting, with their minor league system, with their pitching, with their evaluations. It's uh, it's really unbelievable what the Rays are doing. From an individual perspective, because I know we have a little bit of time left here, the story in the division to me is quietly, because he has no home, Vladimir Guerrero, man. Have you seen what he's been doing as of late? In The season that he's putting together right now, it's kind of quiet. Tatis is getting the attention. The West Coast teams right now are getting the attention for good reason. But this guy, 335 batting average, 17 home runs, 45 ribbies, you know, is on base percent. is 440. So he's drawing the walks.
1: He is the real deal. Yep. I think we have a minute or two. He single-handedly beat me in a game that I bet against the, the, the Blue Jays the other day, where it's like, I think the, end the game ended up being like four one, and he had he was like three for three and just crushed. I think I think it was Alcantara from the Marlins. It's like oh damn, I, I just got literally everything I thought was right about the handicap of the game, except for he was just nuts. Like the like they shut down the rest of them, and he just single handedly won that game. So the dude can rake, and they, they're good. Like they're good. They just had that one little stretch where they lost. I was like six or seven in a row, and that's the reason why they're kind of not right there in contention with. With Boston and, and where the Yankees are, they're a little behind both because of oh, uh, one poor little stretch. But with Bichette, Semyon continues to, to, to play well. Um, they're they're going to be a fun team to watch for the next couple of years. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, because we got to wrap the show. Give us a Belmont winner. Um, I'm going to use Rock Your World. And Hot Rod Charlie as like my two. Uh, I think Rocky World will try to clear the field. I think they'll just send him really hard after that slow start. Hot Rod Charlie, I feel like, is super consistent coming into this race well. So I'll build exotics around those two. Good stuff, man. West
2: Coast representing. That's all the time that we have for this week's show. Thank you to all our listeners. As always, thank you to our guests. We will see you same time, same place next week. Have a tremendous sports weekend, everyone.